Hey folks, we have some exciting news for you all. We have just launched a brand new company founded on the tenets of our love as a business strategy philosophy, the same philosophy that you've grown to know and love. This new venture is called Culture Plus. Culture Plus is a culture as a service company that provides training experiences, consulting services, and digital tools to help companies achieve high performing and high reliability cultures and teams. To learn more, visit culture-plus.com. That's culture-plus.com. And now let's get to the show. Hey folks, if you've been looking for the episode that's a deep dive into psychological safety, well, here it is. Today's guest is Mehmet Baha, who has traveled around the world to deliver speeches and trainings on leadership, resilience, high-performing teams, and of course, psychological safety. He breaks down his approach to psychological safety in such clear and straightforward ways. It's going to give you some great ways to start improving you, yourself, and your teams. So I really hope you enjoy this show. Hello, and welcome to Love is a Business Strategy, a podcast that brings humanity to the workplace. We're here to talk about business, but we want to tackle topics that most business leaders shy away from. And we believe that humanity and love should be at the center of every successful business. Hello, I'm your host, Jeff Ma, and I'm joined today by co-host and co-author, Mohammed Anwar. Hey, Mo, how are you today? Hey, Jeff, doing good. As always, we're going to be diving into the stories and the lessons of one guest testing our love as a business strategy theory against it. And today's guest is Mehmed Baha, and he's the founder of Solution Folder, which provides learning solutions to make companies more collaborative and agile. He has more than 18 years of work experience. He's residing in Germany, but he's also been in Ireland, Turkey, Cyprus, and the US. And he was also one of the first employees in Facebook of Europe. And he now delivers speeches and trainings all around the world around agile, leadership, resilience, high-performing teams, psychological safety, and the like. So welcome to the show, Baha, how are you? Thank you, Jeff and Mohamed, I'm doing well. And how about you? Oh, you know, it's, uh, we're recording this in the new year. It's our first podcast in the new year. So it's an honor and a pleasure to have you here joining us. It's a great way to kick things off. Likewise. Uh, speaking of that, I have an icebreaker question, um, and I'll make Muhammad go first so you get some time, Baha. Today's right. question is, what's name, name a positive thing that happened to you last year, so in 2021. What was a positive thing to come out of 2021? Yeah, the first thing that comes to my mind is my book. So I released my book last year in April. It's called The Playbook for Engaged Employees. It was always my dream to write a book. And last year, it was a great opportunity to finish the final details of the book, release it as a soft copy as well as a Kindle version. Congratulations. Thank That's you. Awesome. Amazing. Awesome. Mo, what about you? What was a positive thing that happened to you last year? Um, if you had to pick one, <laughs> I'm thinking... Just the fact that we survived 2021, like <laughs> it was a tough year, you know, it's a tough year for the whole world coming out of 2020. Uh, we thought 2021 was going to get better, but 2021, you know, hung around with the COVID pandemic. So I think just coming out of 2021 was a positive thing. I think personally, professionally, um, 
you know, health-wise, everything. So that's what I would say. Well, well, there are a lot of other plethora of positive things. Yeah, I think that's I one's uh, that one's worth uh, celebrating. <laughs> yeah, health is very important. That's a good point. More, more that's true. Yes, agreed. Thank you. Well, Baha, I want to jump into all the things. Uh, one of the really things, one of the things I'm really interested in talking to you about today is psychological safety. I know you have, you know, a lot of stuff that you you talk about and a lot of really important things that you say about it. Before we get there, maybe kick us off a little bit about, um, you know, who you are, kind of where your passions come from. I'd love mm -hmm. to hear a little bit more about you, if you don't mind. Yeah. Um, as you mentioned, my name is Mehmet Baha. Baha is my last name, and everyone calls me Baha. Since I was a child, I was thinking about how I can make a difference in the world. And this led me to get a scholarship from Fulbright. And I did my master's in the U.S. on the topical conflict resolution. I studied in Washington, D.C. After that, I started working around the world. Um, I worked in Turkey at United Nations as a consultant. And then I moved to Ireland, Dublin. That was 2009. And I started working at Facebook. I was one of the first employees of Facebook in Europe, as you mentioned. And after that, I got an opportunity in Germany. This time I started working at a German tech company. This German tech company was developing eye-tracking technology, special eye-tracking glasses. And I was working there closely with the CEO and the owner of the company. It was a great experience. I was in charge of expanding sales in Latin America, Spain, India, and I was traveling a lot. And this German company does not exist anymore because it was acquired by Apple. And for the last five years, um, I'm, I'm the founder of Solution Folder. I do training, I give talks on the topics of psychological safety, resilience, agility. And in my free time, I like to travel with my family and play puzzles with my five-year-old daughter and also play the percussion. Um, I'm a musician as well. I have played percussion with different bands. And coming to the topic of psychological safety, it's, it's one of the topics that I'm really passionate about, not only reading, investing, investigating it, writing about it, but also living it as, through my own experience as well. Awesome. Thank you for that. And and I just, I guess I'm just curious, like you have such a, a, an interesting story and journey through life and you've always just wanted to make a difference in the world. What, what connects psychological safety to that goal for you? Like what, what brought you to so much passion about psychological safety? Yeah, that's a good question. Maybe one of the reasons could be related to what I studied, conflict resolution. And in psychological safety, you need to know how to deal with opposing views, challenging situations, even in conflict, um, conflict topics, uh, topics which, which involve conflict. Originally, I come from Cyprus, and uh, I come from the Turkish part of the island, and as you might know, the island is divided. There has been a conflict in the island for many decades, and it was one of the reasons maybe I, I, I was born on the island of Cyprus, this conflict situation, then studying in the US, conflict resolution, and then working in different companies around the world. And then this topic of psychological safety, I think I, I heard about it 
while I was working at Facebook and then especially around 2013, the topic became very popular. And in my work, I started from the perspective of conflict resolution five, six years ago, and then it evolved into leadership development. And then in the last two, three years with more focus on psychological safety. I feel like, I feel like psychological safety is a topic that especially in more recent years, along with other awareness of social and even mental health issues, all these things that have just gained a more global awareness. This has really come to the surface. It's a term that's been around, but not necessarily at the forefront of uh, what people talk about or care about. And now we hear a lot about it. So um, what's different? Like, what do you think is, is, is different about psychological safety today and how we understand it? Yeah, you are right. The concept has been around since 1960s. It was created by Warren Bennis um, together with another researcher in 1960s. They were basically looking at psychological safety in learning environments. And then around 2013, Google started this project called Aristotle. The question was, what makes teams high-performing? Mm -hmm. And while they were looking at academic papers, they came across Amy Atmanson, professor at Harvard Business School, and then there was an article written on New York Times about this project Aristotle, psychological safety. And since then, the topic has become very popular. Psychological safety, based on the research of Amy Atkinson, is a work environment where employees feel free to express their questions, concerns, ideas, and mistakes. Mm -hmm. This is very important. Let me repeat it. Psychological safety is a work environment where employees feel free to express their questions, concerns, ideas, and mistakes. And especially in these times of COVID, psychological safety is very important as people are working remotely um, and also the health and well-being aspect of it. Uh, many people trying to juggle homework, um, homework of their kids, homeschooling, as well as their own work, responsibilities at home. And it's crucial for leaders, for us, to, to create a psychologically safe workplace where employees feel, feel safe to express their concerns, ideas, mistakes, and questions as well. And this can allow us um, to have high-performing teams as well as having employ engaged employees. Nice. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know if I'm jumping too far ahead but i'm already curious i mean we talk about psychological safety quite a bit yeah. i think it's 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 um i think the basics of it is even understood you know like widely now it's not a term that would throw any many people off anymore in the business world um but i think it from my experience at least it's yeah. often misunderstood or at least it's often um a buzzword if you will kind of like a well, we need to build psychological safety. But mm -hmm. ironically, oftentimes just saying that out loud kind of removes psychological safety from the room. Like, mm -hmm. you know, you say, you say, this team doesn't have enough psychological safety. And then everyone's like, oh, we better get some psychological safety. Mm -hmm. And then they, they, like, they all watch what they say and they're all very careful about not, uh, it's almost like this really strange conundrum. Have you, as you talk about it and as you go around teaching and coaching about it, um, what is your approach? Like, what is, how do you, how do you truly build real psychological safety? Yeah, that's a good question. Actually, my experience is, is a bit different. So the companies 
organizations that approached me about psychological safety are the ones who are conscious, who are aware, which are conscious, aware, in which would like to bring their leaders to the next level. So um, they are not organizations which are interested in just emotional intelligence or time management. They are the ones who have already taken all these trainings, radical um, candor, etc., and they are still having some issues and they want to go to the next level. Okay. And in case these organizations approach to me, um, what I offer is uh, trainings. It can be an online course specifically for organizations, self-based online courses, or a learning journey of psychological safety, which includes training and then coaching and then again training and they have time to implement. The idea is to learn the concepts in my approach. They learn concepts, inspiring stories and application. So uh, first they learn about key components of psychological safety. Let's say sense of belonging, vulnerability, trust, respect, constructive conflict. And then they practice, they learn practical insights, they put them in practice, and then uh, we, we build upon them. So that's one part of it. The second part is about situational humility. Again, a nice concept, but the main thing is how to put that in practice. The third aspect is around mistakes, how to deal with different mistake types effectively. There is a lot of confusion in the minds of business professionals about mistakes and how to deal with them. And another aspect is about feedback. The way we share feedback plays a crucial role in creating psychological safety. And the last part in my approach includes driving behavior change. This is about the neuroscience of our mind, our behaviors. How can we set our behavioral goals? How can, how can we be aware of our habits, suboptimal habits, which can negatively affect psychological safety, and how to change those habits with more constructive ones? So it's a learning journey where people learn concepts, put them in practice, and make a difference in their lives. I love the way you, you just broke that down. That's great. Mohammed? Yeah, I, I have a question. Uh, like This is from uh, my own experience of trying mm -hmm. to build psychological safety inside of teams um, and everything you said is very valid and applicable but what has your experience been in creating a psychological safe environment for the leaders themselves like I know the leaders are responsible for creating mm -hmm. that safe environment for the teams but where where in your approach what's your concept ideology around psychological safety for leaders with their teams? And does that exist and how should it exist? Yeah, so your question is about how can leaders create psychological safety in their teams? Is that correct? No, uh, the question is how can the leaders themselves be psychologically safe with their teams? So they bring their full selves, they can share ideas, they can share mistakes, they can, um, you know, um, give feedback and whatnot or receive feedback like how do we make it safe for the leaders as well yeah that's a good question so what can be the behaviors of leaders that can contribute to psychological safety in the team right uh, psychological safety in the team but also for themselves because what oh, i yeah what am i like just to give you an example like the example that jeff gave mm -hmm. 
in the pursuit of creating psychological safe environments for our teams, I feel like the leaders tend to lose their own psychological safety. Can you give an example? So for example, if I'm very, I'm willing to share ideas or give feedback or admit mistakes as a leader, I am afraid to do it in lieu of worry that I will make it unsafe for others. So I will keep quiet. I won't speak up. I won't share my ideas because if I speak up and I'm the leader, nobody else will speak up because they're like, oh, the leader's talking, so we shouldn't say anything. Or leader shared an idea, so we shouldn't object to their idea. And so I become overcautious of being myself and sharing my ideas, sharing my mistakes as the leader of the uh, team that's creating the, is responsible for creating the safe environment. So where does the table turn for the leader to also be psychologically safe because as a leader, you are a crucial uh, aspect of the team. Uh, so where's the psychological safety elements for the leader themselves? Yeah, so you mentioned a few points there. The first one is about vulnerability and the second one is about mistakes. Mm -hmm. So in my approach, let's say one of the components of psychological safety is vulnerability. And in, in that topic, the participants learn about the concept of vulnerability. And then there is an exercise. The exercise is, as leaders, what is one mistake you have done recently at work and what have you learned about it? Mm -hmm. They share this with each other. And the next step is, okay, so in which team meeting can you share this with your team members? Mm -hmm. So they need to write this down and put that in practice. So they need to be role models of what they are learning. And the second point about mistakes is there is a lot of confusion in the minds of business professionals. I was once in Spain, Barcelona. <laughs> there was a HR conference. I gave a talk and sit down, sat back, and then one lady from Google Switzerland office took the stage. She talked about the innovative culture at Google and how they learn from mistakes. Big round of applause for her. And then one gentleman, senior manager at one of the world's biggest telecom companies, took the stage and he started saying, in our company, we do not allow mistakes. We try to do everything correctly. I don't understand why people try to make mistakes. And at that moment, I, I didn't know how to react to that and how can this be possible? So this clearly shows the confusion in the minds of many professionals. And coming back to your question about the leaders, how can we be psychologically, you know, show these psychological safety behaviors about mistakes? There are basically four types of mistakes. And once we are as leaders know these mistake types and how to deal with them, then we contribute to psychological safety. These mistake types are unacceptable mistakes, improvable mistakes, complex mistakes, and intelligent mistakes. So the first two of them are created by me, inspired by the research of Amy Atkinson. And the last two of them, complex and intelligent mistakes, are taken directly from the research of Amy Atkinson. So first one, unacceptable mistake. Let's say we work in a factory. We are given all the training, resources, guidance, help, support to put a safety helmet. Despite all this, we do not put a safety helmet and we suffer an injury. This is an unacceptable mistake. The response to that could be warning or sanctioning. 
Or in a, another example is, let's say we work in a bank, we have access to a big amount of data. We get this data and we sell this to third parties. Again, this is a gross misconduct. In that case, the employee, the contract can be finished as well. Unacceptable mistakes. We as leaders need to ensure that unacceptable mistakes do not happen in the first place. In case they happen, they should happen rarely. The second mistake type is improvable mistakes. Let's say you have an unfinished product or service and you present this to customers to get their feedback. The idea is to learn the shortcomings of the product and service in an effort to improve it. We need to allow improvable mistake. The third mistake type is complex mistakes. They are caused by unknown factors in a known context. A typical example is a superstorm in New York in 1990s. This superstorm causes a flood in one New York uh, metro station. For such complex mistakes, we need to analyze them to prevent them. And the fourth mistake type is intelligent mistakes. Intelligent mistakes are about breakthrough products and services. We are trying to enter into a novel territory. We launch this product or service and it's not successful in the market. Still, we get learnings from that, and next time we try to improve it. For intelligent mistakes, we need to celebrate them. So coming back to the uh, Spain conference, the lady from Google, she was mainly talking about intelligent mistakes that we need to celebrate. And the gentleman from the telecom company, he was mainly talking about unacceptable mistakes. So many leaders and managers, we tend to punish people making mistakes. We tend to punish automatically people who make mistakes. So first, regarding unacceptable mistakes, in the first place, we need to create the right conditions so that unacceptable mistakes do not happen in the first place. In case they happen, they should happen rarely. And as leaders, managers, we need to allow improvable, complex, and intelligent mistakes. And thirdly, we need to celebrate only intelligent mistakes. And coming back to your question about vulnerability and mistakes, people participating in these trainings or um, learning sessions, they need to understand these and put them in practice. Otherwise, as you say, they just talk about these concepts without showing the right behaviors and without being the role models of these behaviors. Makes sense. And what about the actual team members themselves? So say, for example, the leader does everything they're supposed to do to practice uh, these behaviors to create a psychologically safe environment, but yet the team members, in their perception, they are not psychologically safe, despite the demonstration, despite the right behaviors. What is, what is the uh, antidote to that type of a situation where the leader can be practicing all of these behaviors, mm -hmm. all, role model all of the psychologically safe behaviors for the team, but the team members themselves um, manufacture in their mind that they are fearful, they are scared, they are unable to bring their full self, unable to share ideas because they've manufactured in their head uh, because of some incident from another leader, from another company, I will never speak up. Because the last time I did that, I got fired. Because the last time I did that, I was punished. So I don't trust leaders. And I even if this leader is saying, please share your ideas, doing demonstrating all the examples, mm -hmm. in my mind, 
I am still not going to do it. So mm -hmm. what's the antidote to the team to also contribute to the psychological safety? Because I feel like we emphasize so much on leaders, leaders, mm -hmm. leaders. Where's the, where's the training and the, 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 the behaviors for the team members to bring their uh, right behaviors, but also to make sure the other teammates are not being impacted by those teammates and their mm -hmm. behaviors. So how do we, how do we address that? What's your thought process? Yeah, that's a, that's a really well thought out question. I have two answers for that. One from a more, um, uh, how can I put it? More qualitative perspective. And another one with more focus on, on, on employees. Let's start with the first one, qualitative one. This is based on the research of Amy Atkinson in her book titled The Fearless Organization. There are seven statements. I can read these statements to the podcast listeners. And as you hear each statement, please think about your team and rate each statement from strongly disagree to disagree, neutral, agree to strongly agree. So basically from strongly disagree to strongly agree. By taking a look at these statements, because in your question, the manager or the leader is doing everything possible to create psychological safety, but from the perspective of employees, they do not feel psychologically safe for whatever reason. So by going through these seven statements, when employees answer these statements anonymously, at least managers can have an understanding uh, about to what extent there is psychological safety in the team. The first statement is, if you make a mistake on this team, it is often held against you. Please rate this either as strongly disagree, disagree, neutral, agree, or strongly agree. If you make a mistake on this team, it is often held against you. Second statement, members of this team are not able to bring up problems and tough issues. Third statement, People on this team sometimes reject others for being different. Fourth statement, it is not safe to take a risk on this team. Fifth statement, it is difficult to ask other members of this team for help. Sixth statement, members of this team would deliberately act in a way that undermines my efforts. Last statement, seventh, working with members of this team, my unique skills, talents, are not valued and are not utilized. In case we pass these questions to our team members and we do an anonymous survey, at least to a certain extent, we can get we can get a snapshot of the level of psychological safety in our team, and then we can find ways to improve it. Coming back to the second part of your question, so you said. There is a lot of focus on leaders, managers to create psychological safety, but what about employees? It's a good point. Employees also play a significant role in creating that. The way employees share feedback with each other, the frequency of the feedback, the content of the feedback. Let's imagine you are in a team, you are a team leader or manager, and you see that certain employees, the way they share feedback damages psychological safety in the team. Instead of dealing with the issue, maybe the way they share feedback attacks the person in front of them. Let's say, instead of saying, could you please, you know, do this task this way, they say, let's say, 
you are very irresponsible, you don't do your work on time, you create problem, this can negatively affect psychological safety. And in that case, leaders, managers should help team members gain their skills, improve their skills or sharing feedback, talking in more constructive ways and to, to, to create a psychologically safe workplace. So to make a summary, first, these seven statements, it can give us an indication to see where we need to improve. And the second aspect, yes, employees play a part in that as well. Leaders play a more important part, but employees as well. And leaders should need to be role models or behaviors that contribute to psychological safety and also help employees show these behaviors, why they're giving feedback, constructive feedback, um, trying to giving the feedback in a more, um, in a way without attacking others. So it's both ways, but there is more weight on, on, on leaders to create this environment. That makes, no, I totally agree with you. That makes sense. Uh, do you, do you have any specific training or, um, expectations of employees that similarly, like how you take leaders through your program, are there any, uh, programs that help the employees see their side of the equation in psychological yeah. safety? Yeah. Awesome. Um, so I guess the other thing I would ask is if there is a member, like one member on mm -hmm. a team that is causing lack of psychological safety, mm -hmm. and it's not the leader, it's the employee. Um, and it's one member that's just causing the whole team member, uh, the team to lose their psychological safety, but the removing of that team member automatically improves psychological safety. Um, what is your approach to those type of team environments? What would you say that is required to help improve psychological safety? Is it okay to pull out that person from the team? Or, you know, what, what is your thought process there? Yeah, that's, a, that's also a good question. Recently, I got contacted by one person in the, in, in, in the US and he had a similar challenge. He sent me an, an email asking me how to deal with this situation, exactly like your question. There are a few things you can do. First of all, in order for a person to change, let's say an employee who has a behavior which negatively affects psychological safety. The first question is, to what extent is that person aware of his or her behavior? If that person is not aware, then we cannot expect that person to change. In case that person is aware, or we made that person become aware of this suboptimal behavior. The second part is interest. So awareness, and then we go to interest. To what extent is that person interested in changing their behavior? Third one, we are aware, we are interested. The third one is knowledge. To what extent does that person have the knowledge to show the right behavior? Fourth, we are aware, we are interested, we have the knowledge. The fourth aspect is ability. To what extent does that person have the ability to put in practice what they learn and then show these right behaviors? The fifth aspect is we have awareness, interest, knowledge, ability. The fifth aspect is sustainability. How can that person sustain this constructive or this behavior which contributes to psychological safety? Coming back to your question, once we see this behavior from this employee, 
first we need to make that person become aware of this issue. If the person is not aware, doesn't want to be become aware, is not interested, then we need to find a way to take that person out of the team or even uh, we need to give that, that person, first of all, an, a chance, opportunity to, to improve. If it's not improving, it's going worse, then we need to find different options. And one of them could be changing the team of that person or you know, even, even um, finding a way, a different position for the person outside of your organization. Got it. No, that makes sense. I appreciate that answer. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, that, that's a really interesting point you make, though, because when we work with psychological safety as well, one of the biggest kind of divides you come like you mentioned earlier that many of your clientele or many of the people you mm -hmm. work with and coach with are already at a step a phase where they're like, no, we're working on psychological safety. We know we need this. Um, a lot of the people we work with or sometimes come across um, lack the awareness first and foremost oh, and okay. the, the self, the self awareness, right? And psychological safety, whether you're aware of it or not, exists. And the problems are there. Whether um, and sometimes the biggest problem is that you know leaders don't even realize that they're causing it, or member, team members don't realize they're causing it. Um, that there's psychological safety issues, but it's not being called that. In fact, you know, when you just, when you hear about typical people who complain about work or don't like their boss or don't like their work environment, half the time, a lot of the stories they'll tell you are tied to lack of psychological safety um, that's being created. Um, what is, I guess, do you have stories or approaches towards just how to like properly you know, approach those situations or build that awareness besides just, you know, because a lot of leaders don't, uh, especially higher up, the higher up you go yeah. as a leader, the less you're able to just hear, hey, you're being a jerk or hey, you know, hey, you are creating a terrible you know, work environment for people. Like they're yeah. not, they're not accepting of that, of that feedback. Um, how do you build that awareness or self-awareness? Yeah, it, it, two ways that I can answer that recently I was watching at Global Petter Drucker Forum, one expert, I think he's from California, he's a worldwide known expert, I think, in strategy. Um, I think his name is Sherry's Taprizi. Yeah, I think he, he, he collaborates with Stanford, he works with CEOs, and he said that every time he works with a senior manager, the first question he asks is, to what extent are you open to change and improve yourself? And he says, in case the senior manager says, you know, no, he says, okay, then we cannot work because if you want to work with me, you need to be open to get feedback and improve. And I am going to put you a mirror so that you can become more aware of all your actions. So that's the first question he starts to work with any C level. So you set the stage right in the beginning. Second, coming back to your question, let's say senior managers, maybe they're not aware. One of the things that I do is I ask them questions. Let's say senior manager says, in this situation, I just put my fist on the table and I, I give them a reply in a very firm manner. And then I say to him, okay, so what's the impact of that on employees? And I ask him questions so that that person at least can try to put themselves in the shoes of others. Okay, so when you replied in that way, what was the reaction? Everyone was silent. Okay, what do you think does this silence show to you? Mm -hmm. 
And what do you think about the level of fear of employees? And what can you do next time to improve it? So asking sometimes these painful questions, maybe they don't want to hear, but you know, it gives them a chance at least to, to have these mirror moments. What I also do, the third aspect, I show them videos, both inspiring stories from all around the world about uh, or leaders who create psychological safety, from a restaurant in Italy to an animation studio in the US. And I also show them videos about big fuck-ups or leaders. <laughs> and then they, they see these short videos, one minute. And my question to them is, what do you think is the impact of this attitude on employees? And they answer uh, the question. So it's a way for them kind of to make them become aware. There is a case in the US, it was in the beginning of COVID, one medical doctor expressed his concerns about the lack of protective gear in one hospital. He was saying that we need protective gear, it's the beginning of COVID. Because he expressed his concerns, he was fired. He was so pissed, he went to, to the media, I started to talk with news agencies in the US. He started writing on the social media. This is a typical case of lack of psychological safety in the workplace. A person expresses uh, his or her concerns and then they are fired. They watch this video and the question is, uh, uh, what's the impact of this on employees? So. There are different ways to kind of put that mirror uh, to leaders to make it, to summarize it first, set it, set the expectations right in the beginning. If you are going to work, you know, you need to change uh, your perspective. If you're not willing to change, it's okay. Then we don't work. Second, um, ask them questions to dig deep so that they can try to understand the impact of their behavior on others. And third, Put them also, as well as inspiring stories, stories of leaders who, who do not create psychological safety. There are many examples I can, from this hospital to different organizations as well, so that they can also see the impact of their behavior and how it negatively affects employees and the success of their organization. I like awesome. that. Very clear. Yeah. Yeah, appreciate it very much. You're welcome. Baha, I feel like there's a, I'm, I just need to, we need to schedule a different session, you know, maybe off of a podcast so we can just, you know, further dive. And we can, we need your help, need your coaching. But today's show, we're running low on time. And uh, I wanted to save a little bit of time uh, for you to talk a little bit about Solution Folder or anything that you have going on as well so that we can make sure that listeners um, can benefit from that as well. Do you have anything you'd like to share or plug in this space? Sure, two things I can share. Um, the first one, listeners who would like to get practical insights, ideas to improve psychological safety, you can visit solutionfolder.com, solutionfolder.com slash free dash resources. There you can get free resources, solutionfolder.com slash free dash resources. And you can also check out my new book, The Playbook for Engaged Employees. It's on Amazon. Absolutely. Be sure to check that out. Uh, yeah, I think what I got, you know, 
psychological safety is again something that in our line of work we also talk about quite a bit our book has a chapter on it or a section on it as well nice. but I, I love i love the way um you've broken it down i love the way you've really um broken out the pieces and the steps that it takes to really tackle um these issues and it's really easy to follow so just even this short conversation has given me a lot of ideas and really appreciate you coming on the show today and sharing all those things with us Baha. It was my pleasure, Jeff and Mohamed. I also learned yes. a lot from your question. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was both ways. No worries. Uh, no, we appreciated the conversation. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I forgot to warn you about Mohammed. He's he that's the type of questions he has. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> good, good. I enjoyed it. <laughs> Great <laughs> silence when he asked uh, out of the box questions. It's good. Thank you. Awesome. We need more people like you, Mohamed. <laughs> thank you. And more people like you, Baha. <laughs> yeah. I was just warm and fuzzy in here. Well, thank you to our listeners. If you want to hear more tough questions from Mohammed or more guests like Baha, please <laughs> do subscribe to the podcast and tell a friend. Um, check out um, our book, Love is a Business Strategy, also on Amazon, but also, of course, check out Baha's playbook for engaged employees while you're at it. So with that, thank you, Baha. Thank you, Mohammed. Thank you, everybody, for this time that you've spent together. And we hope to see you next week. Thank you.